There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. After the day I've had, honestly, that is minor. <laughs> Seriously, <Okay>. minor. <laughs> right. <sighs> In fact, I'm just going to refresh the whole thing to make sure. No, I'm not. It's it's actually recording now because, yeah, I can see a wave line thing. Mm. Right. You might want to edit this bit of buffoonery out. <laughs> okay, stand by. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. You're listening to Sunday's episode of The Archers from BBC Radio 4. <laughs> and after a false start... It still makes me laugh on a second hearing. <laughs> this is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I am the mathematical Doberman that is Robert Wilson, and with me I have the mongrel chewing on, or oh, choking on a peanut butter. A piece of peanut butter. We're not starting it again. Not put that again. <laughs> with me I have the mongrel choking on a piece of peanut butter that is Lucy Freeman and the last part of the Ambridge summer fate that is slightly worse than death folks is you this week's Dumpty Dum comes from Quentin Bennett it was an oldie but a goodie Lucy if someone wants to send us a Dumpty Dum how can they do that if you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum leave us a plot prediction or have to explain to a county magistrate why while arresting a drug dealer you felt the need to dress <laughs> as Jerry Halliwell call us on 0203 0313105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe Thanks to Cosmo for his podcast roundups. And we all need to send poor old Cosmo um, a big get well soon uh, because he is in Germany on a cruise ship and his gallbladder has exploded. Bits of his gallbladder are all over the EC. Poop deck. Um, yeah. <laughs> Very good. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so it's incredibly painful. Anyone yeah. that's had gallbladder things knows how mm. blooming painful it is. Um uh, and uh, yes, so he's waiting for them to um, operate on it, take it out, put it back in or shake it all about or something. I don't know. But anyway, he's in a lot of pain. So send all your nice messages to poor old Cosmo, please. Um, thank you also to Shambridge for her voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts. And to Derek alone in the back bedroom, uh, Derek's in trouble with harassment burns as he got caught breaking the hosepipe ban this week. Ooh. Auntie Cardboard reported him for waving it around in the back garden. <laughs> 
This week, we hear from Witherspoon, Blythe Spirit and Bernie. But first, before the caller in us, let's brace ourselves for Lucy B. Freeman's, well, actually, fortnight in Ambridge. Let's get the bloody fate over with quickly. Emma Grundy got papped falling over a dog and Lavinia Rafferty got her schnauzer out and as a result won pets piss all over the place. In the meantime, Ruth had forgotten her phone again. Didn't she forget it before when something alarming happened? We'll be able to tell as we move nearer to the pending apocalypse because the second we hear Ruth saying, oh no, I think I've forgotten my phone, Trump will have launched something. Rex found a heavily pregnant woman doubled up with pain in the farmyard, breathing heavily and bellowing and said, is it the baby? No, Rex, it's sinusitis. Anyway, he put her in the minicab and only charged a half rate, which was kind of him. Ruth did the breathing bit, told her to calm down and shut up about her bloody mixtape, and Rex hung her dressing gown up. What a hero. Then Tobes the timely arrived. Break Torby's hand if you need to, encouraged Ruth. Kick him in the nuts. Smash his face in. Look, I've got a list here. Debbie retired defeated to Hungary. I hope you don't mind, but I've taken my old jewellery box before you flog the jewellery and pawn the bloody ballerina. Home Farm is going on the market. 40 years of bitterness, angst, infidelity, crying and screaming rows. Would suit someone with no ability to absorb atmospheres whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Or possibly emotional (laughs) ghoul. Jenny wants to show the house off to the best advantage, which she can't do with Lillian lying on her back under the white wine fridge with a siphon and Kate's room full of phallic lava lamps, stubbed out joints and patchouli drenched knickers. There can't be many homes like this coming onto the market, said Jenny. Ones that glow in the dark. You'd think it'd be a boon in the winter evenings. Having a new niece has changed things for Rex. We need to talk about horsey town, he said to Anisha. I'm not going. I don't like horses and I'm not that keen on you, truth be told. I don't see myself anywhere other than Ambridge because I have such a thriving life here. I don't really have any friends. I spent months living in a chicken shed and now I live with a senile pensioner who keeps talking to his dead wife and reading poetry about vegetables. I spend my working day being shouted at by a despotic adolescent and I spend every weekend hoovering WKD-flavoured vomit out of the back of a minicap. You can see why I wouldn't want to leave. Anisha was clearly not that fussed either. If we'd met at a different time or you weren't in love with the woman who's just given birth to your brother's baby, (laughs) things could be different. As it is, though, see ya, wouldn't want to be ya. If any listeners (laughs) did make any emotional investment in Anisha, if you've kept the receipt, you are entitled to a refund. In more romantic news, the Fallismant wedding continues apace. Alice is doing a reading because the ideal choice of public speaker is, of course, someone with an acute adenoid problem. And Chris is the best man. Or to be more accurate, the only man. He was struggling with the speech, which is understandable, as he's barely spent more than two evenings with harassment. And on both of those, he was trying to entice his wife down from a tree. Now, (laughs) if you had a best man who was struggling to find anecdotes to put in your best man's speech, the ideal thing to do would be to tell them that you had spent your formative years dressed as Jerry Halliwell and taking your clothes off for screaming hen parties and then insist that he didn't use it. Lavinia flashing her schnauzer at Alice Stone Public has set Shuler off good and proper. That and the fact that he started trying to invoice her for services rendered over the last couple of years. Just totting up my figures. Eight attempts at sex. Too successful as long as I wore army uniform. 
One holiday to Norway to sit in silence eating raw fish. That'll be £16.98, check payable to William Hill. Thanking you. <laughs> then Giles from Buffy turned up, which was a surprise for everybody. Jill tried to get him have a cup of tea because she'd gobbed in it, but instead he cracked open the champers and announced he was going to walk down memory lane, which happily took him right past Lower Loxley, where mm. he had a cup of coffee and a gallon and a half of Chateau tent flap. Then he went out for dinner at Gay Grable's and had a bottle of white and a bottle of red. The man must have a liver the size of Aberdeen. Let's hope he doesn't meet Alice. Anyway, he's snobby and horrible, and we can now see exactly where Toby gets his dubious charm from. He watched David milk some cows and discovered that if you do it right, the yield goes up. Robin generally finds that a nice vouvray and a pâté de foie gras has much the same effect on the right woman. <laughs> no sooner had Anisha's horse box disappeared onto the bypass than Topper heaved a sigh of relief and died. At least he died with both eyes, the poor old sod. <laughs> Limey, Hannah's warm and bubbly, isn't she? Quite the little charmer. If she upsets our need, it'll be pitchforks at dawn. Never mind the villagers. The listeners will be hauling Hannah up Portland Place, strapped to a wicker man. Then Pip and Toby <laughs> bought little Rosie home. I don't know how long Pip's discharge will be, said Toby. Oh my God, we don't need that much ruddy detail, surely. <laughs> she clambered out of the car while David and Toby scrapped over who was going to help her out. Ben was overcome and went silent, and Josh told her she looked good, glowing. I've had two caesareans. If you've just had a caesarean, you don't look glowing. You're off your head on morphine, so everything else is glowing. You look half dead. Your boobs look like scalded Polaris missiles, and you're not a bit sore. You can't even yawn without feeling like you're going to fall in half like a badly done magic trick. <laughs> and then Rosie met Hootie. Hello, you don't know me yet, but I'm your great granny Jill. You'll like me at first because I'm quite cakey, but the second you cross me, you'll regret it. You will carry <laughs> the archer's baton unto the next generation. Let the madness continue. The end. <laughs> oh, do you know what? I've missed those. <laughs> I have indeed. Ah. I I think I deserve. I've kept the receipt for Anisha. Did, did you make the Did you make the investment in Anisha? I wouldn't say it was emotional, but um, it had a Yule at the end. Anyway, um, <laughs> do you know what? And speaking of horse town, I I was in many years ago. A friend and I were we were going through Newmarket, mm. and we were in a pub having a pint. And after about, after we had one pint, that was it. And I, I turned to him and said, with some amount of puzzlement in my voice, and said, there are an awful lot of short people in this pub. That's really <laughs> weird, isn't it? <laughs> and then a very large uh... penny dropped and, and, and concussed me, in fact. <laughs> said, they're all bloody jockeys, you idiot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Were you wondering if you'd grown? <laughs> I'm enormous. What's happening? I thought I was in the land of Oz, or it was break time at Willy Wonka's factory. But um, they were. It was remarkable, remarkable. But there we are. That's my only anecdote of of the episode. Um, Yeah, it's Robin. I just now, when you think of him, do you think of him doing the the instant coffee? Do you think of him as Giles from Buffy? Or what's the latest thing he's been in? Uh, I don't know. I've gone completely blank. There's another thing. Well, someone on on Twitter said um, 
who's given a role to the Listerine dragon? <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was quite... Because he is quite over the top, but he has to be, doesn't he? I think. But he's the alt... I do love the way Jill's put-down was brilliant. Oh, yes. That was... I, I, he said, we've I got guess. enough I, nearly... I know what your brand of charm is, and we've got enough of that here. And I thought, woo <laughs> <laughs> That was pretty good. Who and wrote I, that episode? Was that a Kerry episode? I, I don't perhaps? think so, no. no. Uh, but I did also like the way when um, Elizabeth gave him the brush off and said, well, anyway, it's been lovely to see you. And he went, oh, 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 right, yes. I'm go-, you know, and they're having a matey thing. But I do think, I mean, I know it was a while ago that they saw each other. Mm. But if so, if I'd ended up, you know, having an abortion for and from someone who was married and you know it was nearly sort of ripped my family in half sort of thing i don't think i'd be sitting having a jolly glass of wine with him however no and introducing your two children yeah one of whom might well be going away to a special hotel soon um yeah that was a bit odd yeah so why have they done that because well, I mean, are we supposed to think that she's going to get back with him? Because it didn't sound like that to me. No. I guess, I guess, I guess if they hadn't have had that scene, people would have been saying, well, I wonder what would happen if they met each other. Surely yeah. they'd bump into each other. But bumping in, into each other in the street or whatever, in, or, or in some other situation might have been more realistic. Yeah. Because it was sort of like, oh, goody, oh, goody, he's here. And then there was lots of giggling and, uh, you know, they seemed Mm. to be sort of reminiscing happily. And I thought, but surely that you don't sort of reminisce. You reminisce. If if things just go a bit sort of, they just sort of fizzle out, then you reminisce about the, the happy times. But not when things have ended in sort of such spectacular drama, surely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the a c- catastrophic end to a relationship is is not is not an opportunity to walk down memory lane. No, and I should know. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> what? And then okay. Hannah. Yeah, Hannah is because we've been wondering for a while what is Hannah's purpose? To be horrible, clearly. I mean, she was kind of. I, mean, I can understand why. I, I suppose she's a little, she's a bit too sanctimonious and upstanding, isn't she? Or what she was saying, what the, the stuff she was saying to uh, to Neil. Yes, but it was based around the fact that she wanted one of those houses and she could suddenly see herself being done out of one because, um, because, of, um, because of Neil and, uh, and Emma. Hmm. Mm, but uh, because so, so are we discounting the that she's going to run off with <laughs> who was it they said she was going to run off with Helen? Yes, it, it, it'd be easy to say who people didn't think she was going to run off with because it was Jazza for a while, then it was Helen, um, then it was Kirsty, then it was who else was it? Oh, Neil for a while, people thought that she might have been an affair with Neil. Well, that's certainly not going to happen now. No, definitely not. But she, hmm? it, there's just a sort of a level of aggrieved self-righteousness about her. Oh, with which I can sympathise. <laughs> which, yeah, it's, it's kind of, um, that puts people's backs up immediately before 
you know, even if she has got right on her side, the way she sort of delivers it makes you think, right, well, I hope you don't ever get what you want, you horrid old cow. Mm. Well, she's definitely a, a stirrer, yeah. if that's, if that's the, the correct term for yeah. that kind of character. I'm sure that, in, well, you would know this as a writer, that there are different terms for different types of characters, aren't there? And I, I can't quite think of... Well, she's an agitator, yeah. She's sort of agitator. A, a, a accelerant you can have as well, where someone comes on and Susan's an accelerant, you know she'll find a different slant on things that makes things a hundred times worse, extrapolate it to it to a horrible end. And then everyone's suddenly worried about a new thing that hadn't even crossed their minds before she started talking. Um, but then Susan is so naughty when she said, well, it's about time we got a bit of good, you know, it's about time this, we used our influence to do this family a bit of good. And you I thought, know. bloody hell, you can't say things like that. Emma will end up being fired before she started. Yeah, well, yeah, well, and well, and Neil as well. Yeah, but you know, poor Emma. I mean, Neil probably got prodded into standing by yeah. um, Susan. I can't remember, but Emma did it all off her own back because she genuinely felt impassioned about something. Yeah, and, and, and now and Susan's quite... going to stuff it up for her because Susan just sees it as a way of, of as leverage. Hmm. Well, well, her, she, 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 she has this this pretense of having high moral standards, but as soon as she can see that um, it will benefit her to forget those high moral standards, she she will forget them. Which yeah. is, which is, uh, which is off to the way of of, of many yeah. Daily Mail reading Tory voters. Yeah, but. Gosh, yeah. I've, I've been controversial already, and it's only seventeen minutes in. But yeah, I mean, you do read so many stories about you know planning committees being you know locally planning committees being hijacked, or, or certain families being able to get things through, and then it turns out that they're or employed as consultants, and then you know private eye always says, but what you know, what a surprise to discover that she's married to blah 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 blah, and you know. But I guess because there's so little um, engagement and involvement from many other members of the community that if if you get involved in something like that, you can you can run the mock. You can you can yeah you can have a much greater influence than perhaps yeah. uh, you would if 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 democracy actually worked. Yeah, but this is what oh, Susan yeah. does. You know, Susan is the epitome of that saying, you know, this is why you can't have nice things because mm. she gets and she gets an opportunity and then she oh, she always cannot resist going that little bit too far. It's like an internal saboteur and then having it taken away from her again. And then she can have a lovely old moan about how things never work out for people like us, you know. And it's always but her that's done it. If things go wrong in this situation, it could be quite disastrous don't you think yeah yeah yep neil loses his job yeah. that uh, nowhere for emma and, and ed to live yeah and uh oh, i've had a new plot prediction oh right yeah I'm, I'm feeling quite fecund with plot predictions at the moment because i made one last mm. time i was on wasn't I? um this one is that they don't sell home farm yeah they sell half of it and convert it into flats Okay. They sell off a bit of it. Hmm. Because I think it's a funny shape, isn't it? Isn't it like an L shape or something? Houses with I have no idea. I have no idea. I mean, I, 
I haven't seen the aerial view for a while, but I, it's big, isn't it? I think there's a there's a bit, a sort of a standalone bit, and I think they could convert that into a into flats or you know executive housing and sell it off. So then they'll be able to stay there, but they'll they won't have such an imposing house, and it will be deliciously complicated having people they don't want living next door to them, mm. living next door to them. Ha, ha, ha. I still I, don't it, understand why they don't remortgage it. They can't. He, some, I mentioned that, uh, or Rofo did last week, and um, yeah. someone emailed to say that they remembered him saying, I'm already mortgaged to the hilt. Okay. Okay. It's going to be, they're not going to move to Penny Hassett or anything no. like that. They're not going to live in a, a warden-controlled flat <laughs> in Dorchester, are they? I mean, that would be good. That's when you'd want Ambridge Extra, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> Brian pressing his red button because the, the corks snapped on his latest bottle of claret. You can't get Pornhub on the, on the remote control. <laughs> yeah. Ring Debbie. Yeah. Ring Debbie. She'll know. She'll know. <laughs> Quite possibly. Well, it was nice having Debbie back. But, um, it was, fleetingly. And then she cried. I felt quite sad about that bit. Hmm. Yeah, one of those, it's, it's that kind of thing where, when, when the, the last era, the, the, the olden, oh, I can't think of the word, but you know what I mean? When, when, when a particular era of your life and your family life is over, and you and you you mourn it, don't you? And I think we all go through those things when parents get older, or when they retire or move away. Or but this this is amplified and magnified because it's all brought upon by the king rat, I suppose. And also, Debbie has always been incredibly protective of Jennifer. Um, mm. she really has. I mean, phenomenally. So this kind of an almost overly protective, I guess, because you know of her upbringing and everything, and and Brian's behaviour in the past. Yeah, yeah, and she's just seen him betray her mother so often and so blatantly, and has had to just suck it up because her mother did. Um, <clears throat> that she's sort of fiercely alert to to um, any anything that might impact on 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 Jennifer. So I think it really upset her to see, you know, J Jenny Darling being sort of stoic. And um, yeah, it was, it was genuinely upsetting. I thought. Hmm. Shall we let the caller runners have their say? Yes. Well, it's with the spoon first, uh, because it's my first time back in a while. I've forgotten to put the phone call thing in. <laughs> so I'll do it myself. Ambridge 6942. <laughs> She's not Scottish. Greetings, Lucy Royfield, Millie Bell, and all Dumpty Demers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. So this week, Robin Fairbrother dominated the archers, and I'm sure will be the topic of many of today's calls. First off, while Robin is not an uncommon first name for English males, it is disconcerting for the American ear to hear a man be called Robin, except when talking about Batman. Just wanted <laughs> to get that out of the way. There was much chatter that Robin would be moving to Ambridge and wreaking all sorts of havoc, but a man with so much pretension would never find a village like Ambridge an acceptable place to live. 
So why did the elder Fairbrother parachute in for the week? Well, remember, The Archers is a family-based rural docudrama, so it wouldn't make sense for Robin not to visit his first grandchild and finally meet the child's mother. As important, we've learned a bit more about and the dynamics between Rex and Toby through Robin. Rex at 30 is a little older than I thought he was and makes me wonder why he hasn't yet been able to establish himself. We know that Robin, while he doesn't always approve of Toby's behaviors, clearly sees him more of a chip off the old block. Solid stayed Rex is just not Robin's cup of tea, or a vintage of wine in this case, and he clearly treats Toby better than Rex. Could you believe that he didn't invite Rex to join Toby and him for dinner? Robin then plied David with a few glasses of port and got him to agree to take a softer approach with Toby. Quite manipulative of him. Well, it's clear that Rex and Toby aren't leaving Ambridge for a long, long time. I think I finally made my peace with that. The real heroine of the week was Jill, who threw some wicked verbal flapjacks Robin's way. (laughs) So I think Robin will shortly be saying goodbye to Ambridge. And now I must say goodbye for today. Talk to you all soon. Well, he's right. The, the, the Robin is just there for a week. Yeah. Uh, to and, and to give a little bit of background to um, why those two boys are as they are. But do you know, I'm st- I'm st- all those months ago, and I think I put ten pence on it, or it may have even been fifty. That I I still think Toby and Pip will get together. Yeah, Toby and Pip. Rex and Pip. Oh, not Rex and Pip. You can't have that. That's what. That's mirroring the uh, the, the Grundy relationships, you, isn't you it? Think she's going to get back together with Toby? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Father of her child, loving father of her child, that is now being accepted by David, softened up. Yeah. No. You know what? I'm going to double it to a pound. <laughs> I'm going. To, I'm going to have to call my stockbroker. <laughs> no, that is never going to happen. Well, in Brexit Britain, whatever you think won't happen will happen. Oh no, I think Rex. What? Um, but don't you think that's too similar to? Yeah, and he's not dynamic enough, is he? No. I did like, Rex how, up I did with like Hannah. getting. Uh, uh, by the way, Witherspoon, it's so nice to hear you sound like your old self again. It's lovely. Yes. And um, also, verbal flapjack. <laughs> <laughs> Classic line. Jill's verbal flapjack is excellent. Um, I did like David and um, um, and Giles from Buffy getting uh, pissed together on port. That was quite funny. <laughs> David sort yeah, of I mean... gently. You kind of imagine that that um uh, um. Uh, Robin Fairbrother had about seven glasses to David's one, and David was sort of giggling and dribbling. You know? <laughs> yeah, he had a thimbleful of Graham's LBV. Yeah, and um, I've never was... had anything in my life. I love you, Robin. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, what? I might have to listen back and see if um, if Robin's. Um, uh, Opining about wine is, is is accurate. Oh, it will be. You reckon? Yeah. Well, he was right about there being a lot of very good small producers of champagne. Yes. <laughs> That's true. 
So, uh, listeners, champagne socialist tip from from Dumpty Dum. If you're going to buy champagne, actually, Sainsbury's own brand Taste the Difference champagne, usually around Christmas when, when there's a, a good deal on it, it's very good. Just buy as much as you can afford. Or, or, or smaller, smaller no-name producers. Very good, because you're not paying for the label. Verve, Moté Chandon. I can't remember another brand of champagne. Mum. <laughs> Mum's the word. Come on, you can imagine, you can think of some more. Lou Roderum. I'm enjoying, <laughs> I'm enjoying listening to you struggling. <laughs> you, you used to do that every week or every other week before. <laughs> I'm just pretending I don't know all these names of champagne because it, it does make me look sound too much like Robin. I know people are now going to call in and say, oh, doesn't Robert sound like Robin? Because it used to be Rob, and now it's going to be bloody Robin that people think I am. You don't sound anything like him. Okay. I, I do a bit, because I've got a bit of a throat at the moment. I've had it for a while, and I'm slightly worried that I'm going to sound like Robin. That's a very bad impression. I'll stop now. You don't sound anything like him. Okay. Rest assured. Fair enough. Shall we hear from Blythe Spirit now? Hello, Dumpty Dum Blythe Spirit calling. Well, I just wanted to throw in my two pennies this week about Lexi, Roy and Adam, because it did gripe me a little bit. Now, the fact that Lexi is basically renting her uterus and her body to produce a child for Adam and Ian for nine months does not mean that they get to dictate who she sees, Mm. where she goes and what she does. She just wants to go back to Bulgaria to see her children, which is perfectly fair and reasonable. And Adam saying, seemed to be putting the kibosh on that, or or, or really, or when are we going to do the next transfer? I mean, firstly, Adam, she's a free agent. You don't own her. And secondly, it's her body. You may be renting her uterus for nine months, but the transfer is going to be causing her some upheaval hormonally. For God's sake, give the woman a break. As for Roy, the fact that she seems to be going away for a few weeks is causing a major relationship crisis. Oh, my God, she's abandoning me. No, she's not, Roy. She just wants to go and see her children. End of. Now, this is a little bit of a personality transplant, isn't it? Because previously, when Roy and Lexi got together, he seemed to be perfectly fine about the fact that they were going to be having uh, the possibility of a distance relationship. Pop on a plane, go over to Sophia. No problems at all. Now it's a major problem. (sighs) I don't know. Anyway, yes, I'm afraid I'm going to have to, as a fully paid up feminist, get the old membership card out here, wave it around a bit and say, yeah, don't treat Lexi like this. It's not cool. Okay? Yeah. Anyway, I hope everyone out there is well in Dumpty Dum land. And Lucy, that you had a wonderful rejuvenating holiday. Hopefully I will speak to you again soon. Cheers now. Bye. I'm, I'm going to get my um, my my associate <laughs> feminist card out. There it is. Oh, it's a little dog-eared, but um, I, I know what you're saying, Millie Bell, Blythe Spirit. Even oh, I found it that bit out. I know what you're saying, Blythe Spirit. Sorry, but um, you can understand why Roy feels a little insecure in this situation. And, and and he's worried that she's not going to come back. 
I think that's what he's worried about. He's not trying to control her. He's concerned. You do get the impression that when Lexi says she's doing something, um, Adam would love to say, well, yes, okay, you go, but could you leave your uterus behind? And Roy would quite (laughs) like her to leave her bits and pieces behind, you know. And, um, you know, no one actually cares about what she wants. It's just, but how is this going to affect me, 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 me? That's kind of what it comes across to me anyway. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. That's what I think. Who is next? It is Bernie. Oh, yeah. Hello, you two. Um, This is Bernie Mag ringing from Madrid at 39 degrees in the shade. That's centigrade, of course. Um, And I'm, as you know, uh, Joint Secretary, along with Sheila underscore, of Dumpty Dum Siblings. Uh, Still no applications, uh, but we live in hope. My um, contribution today is going to be a little bit about the collapse system and the posh twits that appear in in the arches. It was nice to hear my sister on Dumpty Dum last week, even though she betrayed my confidence by telling you all about my secret passion for Brian, which I'm sure uh, not many people are going to be interested in. But this passion actually grows by the day, even if he is a little bit of an upper-class twit, especially since the appearance of Robin Fairbrother on the scene. Now, there's a real upper-class twit for you. Hopefully, he'll cause a bit of trouble uh, during his stay. Oh, and wasn't Jill fantastic speaking her mind like that? I mean, I'm not usually very keen on Jill, but she's she's really redeemed herself this week. Um, it was almost as good as uh, Flapjack Gate. Um, so <laughs> that was fantastic. Um, but I have to say, uh, the prize to beat all the other class twits this week uh, it goes to Freddie. Mm. Uh, and it's a bit of a shame, as I've always had a soft spot for Freddie, because I think he's probably quite a nice lad. But honestly, Freddie... It, it all the everything he does and the way he acts and the mistakes he makes uh, all seem to be tied up to his enormous sense of entitlement. He never thinks anything's going to happen. Uh, all his behaviour is because he doesn't think anything's going to happen to him because he's too wealthy or he's too privileged. Um, and then when something does go wrong, it's like, Mum, help. No, that can't possibly happen. Anyway, I'm running out of time, so speak to you soon. Bye. Well, she timed that pretty well, I thought. <laughs> 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 oh god he's such a pillock isn't he but it was he he is one of those characters that i f- was genuinely sad for him that topper had died mm-hmm. and because he sounded really properly upset yeah and uh, you know I, I think losing any any animal for a young person well for, you know and the death of an animal is always incredibly sad um but then he sort of switched into this um, um thing and just went really suddenly sounded like a snotty seven year old, you know, a really spoiled little brat, like a little boy again. And I mean, I know that adolescents do tend to swing from you know one to the other; they feel terribly yeah. grown up, but they'll still hurtle back to childhood, given half a chance. But it, I don't know. He, I sort of, I went from going oh Freddy to oh Freddy within about two seconds. But out of, out of all the teenagers in the Archers, he, he's not the worst, is he? I mean, Josh is, is 
he's less my favourite than, uh, than him. Josh annoys me more than Freddie. Yeah? Yeah. I think, uh, Was that a sigh of disagreement or resignation? I don't know. I think at least Josh is realistic. Freddie's just floats around in this little bubble. I've, uh, but he's been brought like, up in a little bubble. This sort of untouchability, you know. Well, that, that's not that's that's not his fault. That that's the the an artifact, the nature of his upbringing. Yeah, that's inevitable, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, because I mean, it um, bloody Lily is in as much of a dream world as Freddie is, isn't she? Yeah, you know, honestly thinking that this this thing with this teacher is going to work out. Mm. Um, so they but they've both lived in this little isolated very protected world hmm you know but the world always comes to bite you on the bum doesn't it yeah but um yes i can't wait for um elizabeth to, because you know she has always held um lily up as kind of oh thank god there's lily because mm. freddie's such a nightmare and then when she finds out what she's been doing it's going to be lovely yeah, but it's going to be easy to get out of that, isn't it? Unless there's another unexpected yeah. pattering of tiny oh, feet we can't on have the right? the pregnancy, surely. <laughs> no. No. Let's um, hope not. Yes, no, 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 no. That's too, too many, too many, too many. Otherwise, I would seriously be worried about the, the quality control at Borchester's closest condom factory, because it's clearly well, I think Fallon's selling upcycled or recycled ones. Yes, yeah, just give them a quick <laughs> in the Look cafe. Like should be fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the very thought! Yeah. The very thought. <laughs> oh. that's, that's all a caller in the river is. That is. That is. Let's take uh, a commercial break. Okay. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. And welcome to The Things That Made England. I'm Roy Phil Brown, and with me I have... 
David Crowther of the History of England. It was the best of time. It was the worst of time. She was the people's princess. We shall fight on the beaches. Oh, hey, man. These are the things that made England. We fight on the landing ground. These are the things that made I England. I have a body, but of a weak and feeble woman. These are the things that made England. And a king of England, too. These are the things that made England. Cry God for Harry! And these are the things that made England. England! And St. George! These are the things that made England. It gives wind in Churchill's sails to say we can continue to fight on. Well, there cannot be many more famous events in English history than 1066. It hurts, (laughs) even now. Because 1066 is important. Yeah. But there's aspects of modern British culture which I think get overlooked. So I'm proposing that this week we do SCAR. For me, the English flag has in the past certainly become associated with factionism and, well, hideous racist and far-right views. And it's turned into a thing of disunity and almost xenophobia. The idea of this show is to decide on what things that make England as she is. The country that, despite it all, we feel lucky to be part of. Every week, one of us, that is David and I, will pitch an idea to the other to be designated as one of the things that makes England distinctive. Go and join our shiny new Facebook site where once a month we will post a poll where, should you so desire, you can make your own very suggestions for applications to the I Made England Award. So, without more ado, let's do it. It was the best of time. It was the worst of time. She was the people's princess. We shall fight on the beaches. Oh, hey, man. These are the things that made England. We shall fight on the landing ground. These are the things that made I England. Have a body, but of a weak and feeble woman. These are the things that made England. And a king of England, too. These are the things that made England. Cry God for Harry! And these are the things that made England. England. And St. George! These are the things that made England. Hi, this is Lucy, and you're listening to Walkie Talkie. Every day, I walk my dog in and around Epping Forest. And there's a regular group of dog walkers that uh, catch up with each other. And the group of us, you know, we're from all kinds of different backgrounds. The one thing we have in common is that we all have dogs, obviously. And I sort of came up with the idea of recording these conversations because there's something quite confessional about walking side by side with somebody. There's no eye contact. You can just plod along. You know the names of their dog. You quite often don't know their name. You definitely don't know their surname. And uh, it's just a very odd little hour out of the day. And you can get some really startling insights into people's lives because they know that you don't have a relationship with them outside of the dog and also if things get a bit you know emotional or a bit too close you can distract yourself with whatever the dog's doing or you get quite close to people in a remote way it's an intriguing sort of mixture with people's permission obviously I started recording some of the conversations and it sort of grew and now people ask if they can come on the walk even though they don't have a dog because I think they just like the space to talk. So this is Walkie Talkie. I hope you enjoy it, and I'll see you in the forest. Time now to catch up with the goings-on on Facebook and Twitter with the queen of social media, Ms Millie Bell. Good day, everyone. Wow, what an amazing week in Ambridge. So we started off by discussing Alistair and his relapse, and we were all a bit sad and disappointed for him. Um, Jean Bell said sad for him but not surprised 
pleased that he rang Maurice. I think the shock of Topper's death may be enough to help him stick to abstinence from gambling. Well, we hope so, Jean. Rob's Shosh said, I feel sorry for Alastair as Shula's injured party stance is wearing thin. Alastair ignoring Shula's calls is a good example of what can happen when there's a blurring of personal and professional boundaries. Alastair would probably have completed the blood tests and made a clinical emergency care plan if she hadn't raised the mediation. Lots more in that vein. And there was a lot of support for Alastair, but also a lot of concern that this story was raising, being raised again. We loved Neil during the week. It was hilarious. Susan, you can't put a price on quality. Neil, I bet they managed. <laughs> and then pointing out later on that most people don't have strong feelings about candlesticks. So we just had a bit of a wonder. Was Brian going to lose his crown as king of the one-liners? And Martin Van Den Heuvel said, to be fair, Kerry Davis is the king of the one-liners, yep. which is true. But do you know what I should have done and didn't? I should have checked whether Kerry Davis was the writer for this week. Oh, my bad. It doesn't tell us on the bod- podcast, you see. Um, hey, Barbara Danielson was a bit concerned that Neil hadn't told Susan about Hannah. Yeah, and I did think that was odd too. And Terry Woodroff said that, Hannah has his heart after her apt description of Ambridge. Sheer bonkersness. That's such an English phrase, isn't it? It's wonderful. Uh, We also talked about Robin Fairbrother and whether we liked him. Um, We don't. (laughs) Connie Nolan said, well, no doubt who is the favourite son, poor Rex, after he went and nursed him too. I think Robin's broke. He stopped the boy's allowance. So buying home farm? Mm, Question mark? Kerry Davis is writing the script, and we all know what a tease he is. There you go. Connie's just told me he was writing the script. Thank you, Connie. Pete Ranson says, plot prediction. Robin isn't going to get home farm. Instead, a property developer will pick it up and convert it into Riverside-style apartments Aha! with integrated AB system. <laughs> it will include a few affordables, one of which Ed and Emma will pick up and end up living in the old manor, yes. they'll call theirs kismet. Wow, that's, a, that's quite a specific <laughs> plot prediction. Uh, we continued to talk about him um, because he went, he called the taxi driver and we wanted to see if it was going to be Rex yeah. that picked it up, but we don't think it was. Gordon Bavard said, Anisha was all set to be the next vampire slayer. Mm-hmm, I see what you did there, Gordon. But her watcher was too late and she buggered off to put animals down in pastures new. How long before they allow Anthony Head to sing at us for an episode? And he's scared. Uh, Jenna Hershkowitz said, ooh, I'm about Jill, though. We have enough on this farm already was a masterstroke. I think that was talking about shit, if I remember. Um, (laughs) If only Rex was still driving taxis, think Robin would have refused to get in the car, question mark. And Bid Harrison said, brilliant scene. You could just see Robin sitting there trying to be charming as Jill's voice grew gradually louder as she drew closer and closer looking over him. I had a picture of him virtually squirming from underneath her menacing form and crashing towards the door, cartoon style. Wow, what vivid memories. 
And then we talked about Freddie, of course, and how silly he wasn't really at a police officer's stag do. And we just wondered how he would get down of that. And Dan Lord said, Freddie will be charged for his dealing. Elizabeth will be devastated, of course. Robin will step in to comfort her. They'll start a relationship to the horror of Jill and the rest of the Archer clan. Meanwhile, Freddie is awaiting trial. No previous, so he won't be held, but can't leave the country, so that puts pay to his South Africa trip. Eventually, he'll be found guilty of lesser role supply, first offence, and good grades at A-level, so community services and a fine, good job he's saved for his drawn overseas. Now, there's a lot more in that vein, and I didn't know that he would avoid... Um, a more severe sanction because he had a dealing amount, but maybe I'm getting muddled with Australian rules. Um, and Joanne Smith said that she thinks Lily's lies are, are also going to come out too. So if you'd like to read more on that thread, and there were certainly lots of opinions, lots of suggestions, lots of thoughts about it, please go to our Facebook page. We'd love to see you there. I am going to leave you in Yoko Bear's very capable hands for a couple of weeks while I go up north with 60... 16 year old so you can all think of me and either pee yourself laughing or nod in your support but either way i will leave you with uh yoko bear and i will speak to you when i get back and until then of course it's huru well let's hope yoko bear is well enough to do next week's social media lucy would you like to hit us with some tweets of the week yes rutha ian it's been a long night for the Pargita family. But don't worry, they've got lots of MDMA and uppers to get them through it. <laughs> um, Clive Cook. At least a dead topper gives Shula something to flog. <laughs> Andrew Horn. Just as well Rosie was a heifer, otherwise Roof would have been out with the baler twine and had its knackers off. God. Brian Smiley. I think it would be a lovely mark of respect to Nigel if they threw topper off the roof. <laughs> <laughs> and tweet of the week I've just heard an all man one this week tweet of the week is from Matt Underwood Ruth get the carving jack David get your arm up there <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Oh. I don't like that imagery <laughs> I really don't well remember to get in contact you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the website or call 0203-031-3105 that's 0203-031-3105 to leave a message you can find Roy Field and Lucy at Dumpty Dum that's at Dumpty Dum and Lucy is at Lucy V Freeman I can be found at Naked Fingers all one word obviously it, why would it be any different? I don't even know why I had to explain that. <laughs> ah, and there we are. Thank you very much and goodbye. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 